You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. We're in the Gospel of Luke tonight, and we will get to read a little bit, several verses, many verses, but I want to begin with you in in chapter 24, and I want to uh, uh, begin in verse number um, verse number 30 verse number 30 the Bible says and it came to pass uh, I'm underlining that phrase every time I see it in this Bible like I did my Bible the last two years everything always comes to pass you know your depression it's going to come to pass you know your discouragement it'll come and pass you know your loneliness it'll pass you know, the impossible, it, it'll pass. Uh, bright days are still ahead. That's hope. We must live in hope. And, and the Bible says, and it, and it came to pass. Jesus has already uh, died. He's on the cross. He arose. And it came to pass as he sat at meat with them. He took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were open and they knew him. And he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us? In a little bit, we'll go back and we'll get more of the scripture. This is the Emmaus Road. And Jesus is walking on the Emmaus Road and he sees two men and he's gathered with those men and he began to talk to them on the journey. They tell us the name of one, we don't know the name of the other. They did not realize they were speaking to Jesus. He is dead, he's buried, they were at the sepulcher. They know he's not, it's not possible for him to be walking with them. He just died a few days before. And so they were enjoying the fellowship with this man that they had never, they thought they'd never met before. They're talking to him. And in the midst of it, they said, our text, verse 32, one to another, did not our heart burn within us? I, I want you to know that tonight, perhaps this is where you are tonight, there was a time in your Christian life that your heart burned. You still love God, you still go to church, you still tithe, you still pray, you're still concerned for your church, you're concerned for America, you're paying your taxes, you're a good person, I don't, but, but was there a time where your heart burned within you? Apparently their heart, the heart of the disciple they waned a little bit, understandable. Their Savior, Jesus, had just died. A cruel death. As a, as a criminal, he died. They, they took him off the cross, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. And those two rich men paid for the, the burial. They gave him their own burial. And, and now they have a dead Savior. 
And it was a perplexing time. I imagine some of you, you still love the Lord. That's not the question. But it's a perplexing time. Something's going on and there was a time your heart burned within you. Our Lord calls that a first love in Revelation chapter two and three. In other words, it's like a honeymoon love. We're so much in love with one another. But after you're married a year or five or 10 or 30 or 40 or 50, if you're not careful, you still love that person, but it's not burning inside. I can recall the days that when I was so young and wanted to come to this brand new little church of about 20 people. My heart did burn within me. But you know, it's just natural. There have been a few occasions because of disappointment, because of disillusionment, because of betrayal. Though I loved God and though I was eager to serve God, I didn't want to run from God. I wanted to be a faithful servant of God. But I have to say my heart wasn't burning like it did. There was something that was trying to extinguish the flame. And the truth is, if we're honest, all of us have been there. Perhaps some doubt has crept in your life. It's just too impossible. I sing oftentimes that song, when the things you gave your life to fell apart. You're not the first to be acquainted with sorrow, grief, and pain. But the master promises sunshine after rain. Hold on, my child. Joy comes in the morning. I'm not coming to you as a pastor as Jeremiah went, oh, rebellious people. I don't see you as rebellious people. Sitting in tents for 433 days. What church would do that but you? Sitting outside with all these airplanes going over sitting outside when the hail was coming down and when the cold and the rain and singing with umbrellas over our head and preaching when our Bibles were getting wet and God's people cold and we tried to warm you up. Sitting out here last summer when it was hot. I'm not, I, don't, I don't see you as a rebellious, but I wonder, was it at one time hotter than it is today? Our Father, please, please, please speak to my heart again, anew and afresh. Your word has been such a blessing to me. I thank you for our text that's before us. And I ask that you'd use it in this day in which we see our country falling apart and our churches are collapsing, many of them. I thank you that there is, I believe, an intense burning, a zeal, a fire, an enthusiasm in the people of God. But apparently it even affected these people there was a time, though they loved Jesus and believed in Jesus and had faith in Jesus and loved God, there was a time that it burned. They had more fire. They had more zeal. And now the whole world has been turned upside down. And I pray that you'd speak to our hearts tonight as we look at this text and consider our lives and consider the North Valley Baptist Church. Bless our time, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. I want you to back up and go to verse 13 to get the story, please. And behold, two men, two of them uh, went that day to a village called Emmaus, from which was from Jerusalem about three score furlongs. Now, a furlong was almost 60, uh, 600 uh, feet. 
and uh, and and so we know here's a football field, a long football. But it was about it was about uh, when you added up about thirty five thousand steps. I think that is. That's a long, long journey. I have an app on my phone and I try to get it up to, and I don't make it very often, but I try to get it up to 20,000 steps a day. And some days I'm just in my office sitting a lot and it says you did 5,000 steps today. And I have to realize that I did not walk very much. Here they were walking on this journey, this dusty journey. And they talked together all these things which had happened. What had happened? Well, if you go back, you'll find that chapter 24, verse 1, there was the resurrection. They got to the sepulcher. They were looking for, you know, to go and remember Jesus on that first day. Their hearts were still brokenhearted. And it came to pass that they saw in verse 2 that the stone was rolled away. And they were afraid when they heard the saying, he is not here, verse 6, he is risen. Remember how he spake this unto you, how he's in Galilee, and it's not connecting. They're so confused. Now they've stolen the body, maybe uh, they've stolen the body of Jesus. Where is this Jesus? And verse number 15, and they came to pass it while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus drew near and went with them. So here's this one who just died, was in a tomb, and now it's resurrection. These two men are walking, and Jesus comes and walks with them. They did not know it was Jesus. Their eyes were holding that they should not know him. God's going to open their eyes in a little bit, but they were close to the fact that this was actually Jesus. One of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered and said unto him, Art thou the stranger in Jerusalem? Art thou, uh, art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem? And have not known the things that shall come to pass? Don't you know what's going on? Don't you know that Jesus died? Don't, don't, don't you know what's been happening in Jerusalem? Are you not alert? Do you not read the paper? Do you not understand what's happening? And the Bible says, what things? Jesus so what are you talking about? What things, verse 19, and they say unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which is a prophet mighty indeed before all the world. You, 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 you don't know what's happened here in Jerusalem. Jesus, the great, great God almighty Jesus. He died, was buried, and he's in a tomb, and now the tomb's empty. And Jesus kept talking to him. And the Bible says, verse 20, now, the chief priests and the rulers delivered him uh, to condemn to death and they crucified him. They tell the story. Verse 22, yea, certain women also of our company made us astonished early at the sepulcher. What's that? Back earlier, he says, there, there was ladies that arrived this morning at the sepulcher and it's empty. We're so troubled. We're so confused. And they found not his body. And they'd seen a vision of the angels and, and said he was alive. This is, this is ludicrous. They, what's going on, these two men? They, these women said he's, he, he's alive. They, an angel told them that. It's not, it's, you can't comprehend it. 
And they said to them, O fools, and slow of heart, believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things to enter into his glory? Verse 28, they drew nigh the village whether they went, and he made as though he would go further. But they constrained him, abide with us. He, he said the day, they said the day is far spent. It's been a long journey. And tarry with us. And then the text we read, it came to pass, they sat with meat and took bread and blessed it, and their eyes that were holden were open. And they knew him. And he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, and it's past tense, did not our hearts burn within us when he talked with us by the way, the openness of the scriptures? The same truth is gonna come to these 10 disciples now. And as they stood, they, as they, verse 36, they spake Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, peace be unto you. And they were terrified, frightened, Troubled, verse number eight, 38. And he said, why do these arise in your hearts? These two stories go together. As these two on the Emmaus Road had hearts that were at one time burning. So those 10 disciples, but, but I want you to see tonight what cooled them off. I believe I've tried to be a good pastor, but I believe there have been times, I think of, our fall revival that we had, our winter revival, I guess it was winter with Brother Cooper. And, and I want my heart to be so tender. And I find myself every time the invitation was given, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, I, I, I was using the altar. I had prayed so much that God would speak to me. I want God to deal with me. No, I don't believe I need to resign the church because I'm a worthless, no good for nothing, rotten bum. I'm not suggesting that. I'm suggesting not my brother nor my sister, but it's me. I want revival for me. I want to live on the running side. I want to live by faith. I want to have more faith today than I did 45, six years ago when this church was getting going. I want to have more desire for God, more love for God, more zeal for God, more inspiration for God, more enthusiasm for God, more fire for God than I've ever had. And there was a time he said that your hearts, your hearts did burn. I kept, I knew I was preaching this, but I kept thinking this afternoon after my son gave me that report, that that's a young church. And don't you remember I remember January 23rd, 1981, we had already had several banquets and things of that nature for other buildings. We built a 16 by 20, we built a 4,000 square foot educational building. We were building on a 32,000 square foot building and we had membership canvas and uh, secretaries were calling, volunteer secretaries calling every person in the church. The deacons were trained to go by husband and wife to the homes of people. They would contact two a night and we'd go, we'd lay out the program, rise up and build. It was called for two years we were in that program. Here's what we're trying to do here's a brochure we're not here to collect money we're not here to get commitments we're just here to tell you what it is it's a 20 minute appointment we don't eat dinner the very most I can remember you could do you can make uh, some cookies or Danish or brownies and have a cup of coffee but we're there just for 20 25 minutes we're going to the next appointment and we're just trying to let our church know and I'll tell you what I watched our church get behind that thing and that first rise up and build it uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars came in and sacrificed and it got us prepared 
propelled to move forward. That night, I remember it was a $125,000 cash offering. Now, this is 40 years ago, friend. And this was a little baby church that we just had a handful of people, really. And God was, was doing something. And all our hearts burned within us, and that started it. After that, we had banquets all the time, and we had, we had opportunities to give. We still do all the time. And you know, I, I was thankful this morning. We were driving home from church, and my wife began to talk to me about it. She goes, you know, I want to give personally. And here's what I, I believe the Lord would want me to give uh, to the building, to the, the, uh, the banquet, uh, to the uh, anniversary offering. Here's what I believe God wants me to give. And, and I just as a husband, I'm thrilled that she hasn't lost the wonder of it. I've never lost the wonder of it all. We have given to everything. We've given to every president's club for 24 years. We have given to every day of our life, 52 weeks out of the year since 1977 in December to the Gideon account. We have never missed a Sunday giving to the Gideon's account one time, which is building, uh, building advancement or building a debt retirement. We've never missed tithing one time in 45 years. We've never missed a Sunday to give to missions. We've never missed an opportunity to give to our Christian school. We've never missed giving to missions. We give every week. We've never missed a week ever in our life of our married life, uh, uh, 48 plus years, we never miss tithing, never miss giving. And you know what? I want to tell you something. It's still burning within us. There's a campaign in my heart. What more can we give this year than we gave last year? I have my giving records since about maybe age 13 or 14 or 15 when I was a single boy, and then we became a married couple. I was making, I was making $25 a week in the church. And then they moved us up to $65 a week. They had no such thing as insurance and gasoline and car expense. Just, it was 65 bucks a week. And then I got a job working at United Baptist Church for $125 a week. And I thought, my goodness, I'm telling you what, thank God for this money, but it's still not enough to pay the rent on the apartment. And I want you to know that we, we started tithing as a couple. I remember that missions conference at my father-in-law's church in 1971 with George, uh, George uh, uh, King and, and Mike Pepper from Japan and from Korea, those missionaries, and they laid out missions and laid out to give. You know, my heart burned those nights. I won't go over and over because you've heard that story so many times that John, we had no food in our house for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and we went to the conference on Monday night with no food, and, and John Calvin took us out to eat a big juicy steak, and he paid for it the next day, no breakfast, no lunch, no dinner. I dropped my wife off at the IGA grocery store. She went in as a bookkeeper, was working uh, early in the dark of the morning, I went down to the church uh, about six blocks away to work, and we had no breakfast, we had no lunch, we had no dinner, and that night, the second night in a row, John said, I'm taking you out for a big juicy steak. You know the story. I'm just saying that God was teaching us that I can trust Jesus. I can trust him. And he has never failed us. You know, our heart still burns. I want to pass gospel tracts. I want to see the buses run. Amen. I want to see young men, six young men surrender to preach this week. To God be the glory. Entering the waters of baptism this morning, baptized. What a thrill, both properties. I want to see that. I'm not lost the wonder of it. Oh, I tell you what, God's been working in my heart the last many weeks because we have the vision book and I have a big binder of all these buildings around here and an architect's already drawn them, what they're going to look like when we buy them. I can't wait. 
I can't wait to put the, 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 the bridge across the street on De La Cruz from this side over to those buildings, door to go, and the beautiful building that's already drawn. Say, do we own that? No, we don't own it. But we didn't own this one time either. God gave it. Their hearts began to burn. Why? Why, why had they lost the burn? Why do we lose the burn? Why do we lose it that we go to church, we read our Bible, we pray, but we've lost a little bit of the wonder of it. Well, look what happened to these fellows. First, in verse 37, they allowed fear to grip their heart. They were terrified and frightened. Suppose they had seen a spirit. What's terrifying you tonight? I have some things that terrify me tonight. And so do you. Is it your marriage is wobbly right now and you love your wife or you love your husband, but it's not like it was. And you're not wanting to throw the marriage away. It's just not working. Are you troubled tonight because your children have rejected the faith of their fathers? and mothers? Are you terrified tonight because of health or because of finances or because of jobs? Perhaps you've lost your job and because of losing your job, you're praying and you're praying like you maybe like you've never prayed before. You're praying, God, please help me. But it seems like it's just quiet and you love God. Perhaps your business, I was going through the business people in our church this morning in my prayer journal, and I looked at, a, I, I targeted, so many of them are doing so well right now, and I targeted about seven or eight or nine of them, and they're struggling right now. You know what, that's a terrifying moment. If you're a business owner, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And all of a sudden that business is struggling and there's payroll to meet, and there's expenses to meet, and there's, there's uh, uh, payments to meet. And what do we do? It just seems like it's frozen down right now. And the Bible said there that these men, it did burn, but now they're cold. It's not burning like it used to. Why? Because of fear. Are you fearful that prodigal's not gonna come home? That's an honest fear. You're not a bad Christian because you have that. I wonder how many parents tonight will toss and turn because of a son or a daughter that you're so burdened about. I, I see not only where they had fear, that fear caused them to lose all hope. Look at verse number 38. Why are you troubled? Verse 37, they were terrified or frightened. Why, why are you so troubled? Why do thoughts arise in your hearts? You know, God, you could just take me home. I'm in the way. I, I'd probably more value to people, you might be saying, if God would just take me out of the way. 
My husband would be happier. My wife would be happier. My kids would be happier. Maybe you're at that point. By the way, you're not a bad person. Stop that nonsense. How, how, why would he even say that? Because there's something called humanity. Sometimes the very best Christian ladies can get troubled. Sometimes the very best Christian men can get troubled. You know, tonight I imagine there's many tonight in this room, in this church that say, I, I'm where you're talking, but you're here. There's still a fire in there. It's just not glowing like it used to. I imagine for Mrs. Treber, I don't know if it's how it is for ladies, but I tell you what, I couldn't believe when she accepted a date with me to go to the bank on a Wednesday night after church, 1971. When she said, I'll go to the First National Bank. And I just can't believe it. Her dad was paying me 25 bucks a week. And I went and made my deposit. There was no such thing as ATM. I just made the deposit, put in the deposit box. And I'll tell you what, my heart was on fire. I mean, this sweet, godly young lady who loved her dad, mother had passed away, loved her brothers, six brothers and her sweet sister, played the piano at church, was just breathtaking, gorgeous. I, I just, I was so fired up. I can remember dropping her off on 4609 Auburn Street at the parsonage right between the two buildings of the church where they lived. And I got in that car, it was ice. The ice was coming down. It was about February, I believe. And as it came down that night, it was very treacherous driving. Forgive me, I was driving a 1965 Ford. Now that I'm a better Christian, I would never drive a Ford again, but I was weak in the Lord at that time, I'm sure. And I was driving that Ford and I was driving too fast down Auburn. And I turned down the country road to catch the interstate eventually and get on 90, get on 26 and go from Illinois to Wisconsin on that Wednesday night to go back to college. And I got on Owen Center Road. And I tell you what, I'm telling you, it was so exciting. I'm getting my, my I'm, I'm telling just thinking about it, I'm fired up. I, there, it just wells up within me. I was shouting, I had a date with this pretty girl. We just went to the bank. We didn't get anything to eat, but we just went to the bank and I dropped her off and woo, and I was singing and I was shouting and I was driving like a wild banshee and uh, fishtailing all over that ice road out in that country. I passing people up. They were mad at me periodically and they flashed their lights at me. And guess what? I came to the end of that road and it went to another road out to the freeway and I couldn't stop the car. I was going too fast down that hill and I headed for that guardrail and I hit that guardrail head on and knocked myself out for a few moments and I told that car out the front of it and uh, I was there against that thing and those cars eventually started coming by and honking their horn and just left me out there in that ditch. You know, I was so fired up and that night the police came and I had California license plate, uh, driver's license and my residence was in Wisconsin, and my car had Illinois plates, and they said, you're gonna to have to go to the jail with us, son, or pay $25. I said, I don't have $25.
I just put 25 in the bank. And I said, well, he said, what have you been doing? I said, I'm, I work over here for Pastor Swanson. Oh, I know Pastor Swanson. And he called dispatch and dispatch called him. Pastor Swanson came out and he said, Pastor, this guy works for you, I guess. And he had this accident. He doesn't appear to be drunk. And he said, uh, I gotta have $25 and you won't have to, I won't have to take him in. He goes, well, I don't have $25. Two Baptist preachers. He said, do this, follow me back to the house. Got back to the house and he woke Cindy up. Now I'm wide awake, she's probably in there snoring by now. I don't know if the date meant anything to her like it meant to me. She got out of bed and, and she came and said, they said, you got $25? She said, I sure did. She bailed me out the first date of our life. Amen. You know, my, my heart was just burning within me for that girl. Now we've been married all these years. She stayed young. My dark hair is still dark. My thick crop of hair is still very wavy and thick, I guess. To me, it looks like it might be. And now the face is a little wrinkled and whatnot. I haven't lost my love, my fire, my heart for her. We've had tears, we've had sorrows, we've had setbacks, we've had disappointments, we've had betrayal. But there's still something burning. I must hasten, you've been so patient tonight. When, when, when you're cooling, you find out that you're fearful and when you're cooling, you have troubles. And so many need tonight to get the fire back. What did they do to get the fire back? Well, they listened to Jesus, verse 39. Verse 39 says, behold my hands, my feet, it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see I have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. You know, you have to just begin to listen to Jesus again. When Jesus seems quiet and silent, keep listening for his voice. Sometimes it's a still, small voice. Sometimes it's a peace that he can just put in your heart. I don't know any way out of this thing. But I do know that God can do it. I find secondly, in verse 44, and he said, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was with you. And then begins to speak about Moses. When you lost your fire, listen to Jesus. Listen to that sweet, quiet, still voice. And listen to the scriptures. He begins to quote the scriptures and he begins to quote Moses. And the Bible says when he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. When you're getting nothing from the scriptures, keep reading the scriptures. When you're not hearing the voice of God, keep listening. I can hear my Savior calling. You know, Brother Danny, sometimes I can. And sometimes it seems like he's quiet. Sometimes it looks like he's going to walk with me. And others, like in this passage, he made it look like he was going to walk on. But he said, I'll walk with you. Jesus will walk with me down through the valley. 
Jesus will walk with me over the veil. When in the sunshine and when the sh he'll walk with you and he'll talk with you. You know, tonight, I, I hope I'm a good Christian. Sometimes I wonder. But I tell you what, we played on the broadcast on Friday. I said, Brother Ethan, get this song up, will you? I've never gotten over being saved. I haven't got over it. Now, I've disappointed myself so much, and people have disappointed me, and situations have disappointed me, but Jesus has never disappointed. Tonight, as we close, start listening to Jesus. Start reading the Bible. Start following the things of Christ. Our, our, our zeal, I, I, there's two more points I want to get to you, but I won't give them tonight. You'll see it in verse 47 and 48, and you'll see it in 50 through 53. I want to ask you tonight in closing, what took your burn? Your heart did burn. What's taken it? If your heart did burn, a lot of times you're going to have to say, Galatians 5, 7, who hath hindered thee? I don't want to hang around negative people. I, want to, I don't want to hang around scorners have no desire. I don't want to hang around people that are attacking others, have no desire. Because that filth of their life is going to corrupt me. I don't want it. That's why for me, I'm glad I don't know how to use the internet. It's too much for me. I don't want to read about another pastor. I don't want to read about another church, how bad they are. I want, I want to believe that, that there's a lot of men that are still 7,000 haven't bowed the knee. You're, you're going to have to see who's influencing you. Uh, you're going to have to realize the burn is gone. Well, what's disappointing you tonight? And it might be a legitimate disappointment. But what's disappointing you? You can't spend your life from that disappointment. I don't always like this when a pastor always talks about his wife, but Miss Trevor has helped me with that so much. Last many years, she'll always say, don't, don't spend your life from that, son, Jack. You, you can't hang on to that. That hurt, that betrayal, that anguish, you can't do that. You're gonna have to let it go. You're gonna have to let God deal with that. That's a good thing for a wife to say. The burn, is it discouragement? Is it sin? Maybe we've just gotten lazy. Your heart did burn one time, but it's beginning to cool. Perhaps there's some embers left in the pit where the fire once burned. Rekindle those flames again. Watch what God can do. I want my heart to burn. I want it to be at the highest level ever. I want that thing to be a flame for Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.